You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Good evening. Uh, I'm otherwise known as the Rev, and uh, I am fired up and ready to go tonight. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to Midweek Service. Many of you know that Robert and Michelle are out of town. They're in Texas right now ce- celebrating bre- being grandparents for the first time. Mom and baby are doing well. Congratulations to them and their whole family. Uh, let's go to God in prayer and let's have a great midweek service tonight. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. We're just grateful that uh, you are working in the world, that uh, you are uh, helping us to be focused on you, to be thinking about the cross, to be uh, looking at our faith and how we can continually grow in our faith so that we can uh, be great examples in a, in a dark time right now. Be with the election, be with all uh, our leaders uh, in the world right now, in the United States, uh, and that no matter what happens, Father, our, our congregation, our family of churches will uh, stick close to you during this time and trust in you, God. Uh, be with everyone in our fellowship. Uh, look forward to a great midweek service tonight. Be with our Bible study that it can encourage us, challenge us, inspire us, uh, and then close out with some great announcements that could lead us toward the end. God, we love you and thank you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So what is on everyone's heart. Uh, we are right in the midst of election 2020. And tonight I'm going to be talking about life after the election. Uh, I know many has have had a lot of uh, thoughts about this. There's a lot of feelings about uh, perhaps who is going to be our next president. And we're going to be talking about life after the election. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world, right? COVID-19. We are in our eighth month right now of COVID-19. There's racial division uh, throughout our world uh, and in the United States. Our economy has been challenged, you know, and there's 30 plus million unemployed. Uh, there's political division, online schooling, schooling. How are you doing at home, parents and, and kids about your, the online schooling? You know, I, I just want to give a hand to all the parents, to all the, the kids who are at home online. I know I'm at home. Grace is out. Our kids are all online and uh, it is challenging. Uh, even in, in our in our fellowship of churches in the ICOC, a lot of folks are on edge uh, about what's going on in the world. And I don't know about you, but I am zoomed out already. I have zoom fatigue and not only that mental, physical, emotional and spiritual fatigue. And so what can you do? Uh, in the midst of all that's going on, in the midst of the elections going on, I'm going to talk a little bit about elections tonight so that we can we can be at peace. And I hope we can be at ease and trust in God. If there's anything I want you to walk away from tonight, here's what our lesson is tonight. Trusting God no matter what. Say that out loud. Trusting God no matter what. Say it to the person sitting next to you. Say it one more time. No matter what happens with the elections, we're going to trust God no matter what. Another thing I'd like you to think about tonight as we dive into this lesson about trusting in God. If that, that's a, a difficult thing to do, uh, it's going to reveal what happens in the election on, on, it reveal our faith, where we're at, what we trust in, who we trust in, uh, because I hope we can also understand 
that God is good no matter what the outcome. God is good. He's working in the world no matter what happens in the elections. And so I pray that this is something you'll be thinking about. I pray that our church will be focused on God. We've been focused on God the whole year so far, and we've seen God do miracles in our congregation. So let's begin tonight. You know, why should we trust in God? Well, the Hebrew writer said it. The Hebrew writer said it. If you look in Hebrews chapter 11, you'll see all the people of faith who have trusted in God. And the father of faith, Abraham, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 to 10, in the Living Bible. And you notice, guys, I, I in, in our midweek services, I've been trying to give different translations of the Bible to let it shape our hearts and minds and let it let it play with our imaginations and let the text perform for us. Let it let it speak to us. Let it you know go into our heart, in our mind, and and, and because the, the the text isn't just there for us to read; it's trying to do something in us and build our faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Abraham, the father of faith, trusted God. And when God told him to leave home and go far away to another land that he promised to give him, Abraham obeyed. Away he went, not even knowing where he was going. And even when he reached God's promised land, he lived in tents like a mere visitor, as did Isaac and Jacob, to whom God gave the same promise. Abraham did this because he was confidently waiting for God to bring him to that strong heavenly city whose designer and builder is God. What a great passage. Abraham, the father of faith, trusted in God. Not only did the Hebrew writer talk about uh, how Abraham trusted in God. Wisdom in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom said for us to trust in God. In Proverbs chapter three in the NIV verse five through eight, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. You know, as, as you're checking your phones on what's going on with the election, who's going to win, what this, what is this going to mean for the world? What is this going to mean, especially for the United States? What is this going to mean for our context here in LA? Trust in God in this with all our heart, lean not on our own understanding, meaning let's not get into this whole idea of this is what I think, this is what I, you know, Try to refrain from that. And, and the moment we learn to trust in God it, more, it produces something. It brings health to our body and nourishment to our bones. You know, the prophet Isaiah. I'm in, in my fourth semester of school right now, and I'm in this class called Prophetic Critique and the Vision for Renewal that we're studying all about the prophets and, and that the prophets were men of God that were there to give a prophetic critique against unjust people who are who are uh, practicing injustice or violence or oppression to his people and to people in the world or people, uh, you know, who are uh, disadvantaged. And and a prophet would come on the scene and flat lay it out. And that's what I've been studying right now. And it's been uh, encouraging to see that. And, and it helps me to trust in God even more to know that God knows what's going on in the world. And, and no matter which president we have, gang, God is sovereign in it. And, and as long as we look to him, we'll be okay. In Isaiah chapter 26, in the voice translation, it says, So trust in the eternal one forever, for he is like a great rock, strong, stable, trustworthy, 
and lasting. Isn't that a great translation that that why we can trust in God? Because God is like a rock, you know, strong, stable, trust, trustworthy and lasting. Another prophet in Jeremiah uh, chapter 17 and verse 7 through 8 in the New Life Version. It says, good will come to the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the river. It will not be afraid when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green. It will not be troubled in a dry year or stop giving fruit. What a great translation is that when we trust in God, you know, uh, Fruit will be, no matter how dry things get, no matter how troubling things get in our world, when we trust in God, good comes to the man who trusts in the Lord and who hopes in the Lord. We're going to bear fruit. Things are going to go well for his people as we trust. Jesus said it to trust in God and also to trust in me. In John chapter 14 in the message, in verse 1 through 2, it says, don't let this throw you as, as, as Jesus' disciples where he was on his way to the cross and, and he was, he was getting ready to, to leave this earth and go, you know, go to the cross and then leave this earth. The disciples were troubled. There was troubling times that, that the disciples were living in. And Jesus told them in verse one, John 14, don't let, don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There's plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. And you already know the road I'm taking. You can just imagine as the disciples were just stressed out at at possible what could happen when Jesus leaves and what's going to happen in Roman during the Roman Empire. And how are they going to be living and what kind of uh, conditions they're going to be living in based on the Roman Empire. Jesus was just trying to help them be at ease. and, And the way he taught them was to trust God, but also trust in me. Don't worry about this. I got, I got I've always have room for you. There's always going to be a place for you. Not only did Jesus say to trust in God, Paul said it as well. In Philippians chapter four and verse six through nine, it says, don't be anxious about anything. Stop for a second. Let me read that one more time. Don't be anxious about anything. The elections are still going on. Vince Flowers was telling me that his prediction is, is that most likely it'll go probably the whole month. There'll probably be some, it'll probably be fairly contentious. And, and there's going to be all back and forth in all kinds of ways. He may, he, you know, Vince is kind of like my political analyst. I talk to him about politics all the time because he was in politics. And look at that. It says, don't, Paul is saying, don't be anxious about anything. Why can Paul say that though? It's because he trusts in God. Is that, especially when he's writing from prison. He's in prison telling the Philippian disciples, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about it. No matter who wins, no matter what happens, no need to be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, with in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a great passage. Paul, a guy who perhaps should be troubled, perhaps should be stressed out, perhaps should be feeling anxious that he possibly could die soon. 
is the one telling the disciples, relax. Don't be anxious about anything. I know there's things going on in the world that you have no control over. I know there's things going on that, you know, food, water, shelter, what's going to happen? How is our lives going to be affected by new leadership or existing leadership? He's saying, don't, don't be anxious about any of that. Look at Peter. Not only did Paul say it, not only did Jesus say it, not only did all these prophets talk about trusting in God, Peter said, now check this one out. This is, requires trust in God. Show proper respect. He was talking to the disciples there who were scattered all throughout Asia, going through persecution, living in the Roman Empire. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Say that again. Did I misread that? Did I, did I see that correctly? Peter is talking about honor the emperor. Honor the Roman emperor who was over Rome and was affecting the lives of the whole world, at, at the, the known world where they were at at that time. Peter is saying honor the emperor. I mean, that requires so much trust in God to be able to, of course, we're going to show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God. But one of the things he directs the church is to honor the emperor. There's, there's a, we serve a greater God. We serve a king that's greater than any president, that's greater than any earthly ruler or, or earthly leader. That's what Peter was talking about and trying to help the church to relax it, you know, to go, look, I know it's difficult, but honor the emperor. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. You know, in the biblical tradition for God's chosen people, the people of faith have always learned to trust in God, especially when things didn't make sense or things didn't go their way. Like one of the unique things about God's people, his chosen people, is that what makes them so unique and different and spiritual is they learn to trust in God, especially when they can't see something, see what the outcome is. Or they learn to trust in God, especially when they, when they, when things don't make sense or when things don't go their way. They trust in God. That's one of the signs of God's people. That's, that's what made them so unique than all the other peoples around in the world. And I want to remind us of some of the lessons that we've done that to kind of give us perspective. Because I think in a time like now that is fairly turbulent, that, that whatever happens in the election, protests may go up, you know, different things may happen in our church where people are going to get on social media and start commenting more like that. I want to, I want to re- ask us to refrain from stuff like that. There's, there's many ways you can get involved in, in, in how to, uh, you know, better our world and, and how to pay attention to issues. And I love Robert's lesson that's last week about how we as Christians can, can get involved in the political arena without losing our faith and without going against our conscience and standing up for biblical values and principles that, that perhaps different candidates or policies, you know, uh, uh, Put out there and that we can learn how to value the right things. And I'm, I was pretty moved by that, you know, because I've always kind of sat on the side, if you will. But now I'm getting more involved and I, I'm, I'm being navigated to to go have a biblical worldview and look at things from a biblical worldview and see what different people are saying and see what I can support and see what I cannot support. Uh, but always not breaking my conscience and certainly not going against the word of God. But God's chosen people in the biblical t- tradition was always 
uh, learn, having to learn how to trust in God, especially when things didn't make sense or when they had to suffer. Let me remind you, in the time of the Israelites, in, when the Israelites were in Egypt, they went through extreme hardship and they learned to trust God in 400 years of slavery when they're in the desert. 40 years in the wilderness they were, right? A couple months ago, we did a, a whole study on the Israelites in the desert for 40 years. And, and, and God was teaching them during that time, trust in me. You don't get to just go and you, I, I'm going to give you direction to get manna and you, you only can get for that day. You can't plan ahead because I want you to trust in me and I'm going to sustain you. And there's so many lessons we can take today from, from that time in Egypt as well as in the desert, even in the exile. They, they spent 70 years in exile in Jeremiah chapter 29, and they experienced extreme hardship. Yet the Israelites trusted in God in the midst of all that hardship. Another thing, let's go to the early Christians. Look at this slide. In the, in the first six centuries, uh, uh, you know, for the early disciples, the early Christians and the early church, they dealt with leadership transitions, that would end up persecuting the Christians, their faith. It would make life more difficult to them. And it helps us to have some perspective that we, in, you know, in the next day or in the next month, next week, next month, we may go through a leadership change in the United States or we may have the, the same leadership that has been already in place. But I want to remind us, though, that in the early church, the early church went through in the first I think 400 years, three or 400 years, they went through 10 leadership changes, 10 persecutions with different Roman empires. There's actually 11 Roman empires, I mean emperors, that were, were leading during the Roman Empire and the early disciples lived under that leadership. Uh, and I'm not making this point to, 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 it's just to help us to understand that, wow, you know what, the early Christians lived under leaderships that perhaps didn't definitely didn't benefit them. If they were a Christian during that time, most likely they would die. They would have to die for their faith or renounce their faith. Look at this. In the first six centuries, okay, look at these 11 Roman emperors here or Caesars. This is what the early Christians lived under, persecution under Nero. And you, we get a chance to see Peter and Paul. They were martyred during that time. Domitian, Trajan where Christianity was outlawed. Imagine being a, being a Christian in, in the, in the time of Domitian as a, as a emperor or Caesar and, and amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. Trajan, where Christianity was outlawed. Marcus Aurelius, many of us saw the movie Gladiator, right? We love, I love that movie Gladiator, but Marcus Aurelius was, ended up being one of the, one of the, uh, emperors there or Caesars. Uh, Polycarp, who was a, a bishop at that time, was martyred during that time. Sep- Septimus Severus seems like a, a dude that would be on Harry Potter, right? <laughs> well, he was one of the emperors as well. Decius, Valerian, Maximinus the Thracian, Aurelian, Diocletian, and Galerius. These are all Roman emperors, all Caesars. Look at these 10 leadership changes and transitions that the early church had to go through. And, and they, they learned to endure and they, and it was difficult. 
And it often didn't benefit them, but they but they learned how to trust in God and that God brought them through it. God actually helped them thrive. In fact, it is during these times when during persecution where the where the Christianity exploded. Right. I just recently did the lesson that I did for us in for a midweek about how through persecution and pandemics, there there were two difficult, turbulent situations there that they ended up. God use it as vessels to be able or vehicles or vessels to be able to take the gospel all throughout that land, you know, and many souls were saved because uh, I'm not saying God made those things happen with persecution or pandemics, but he certainly used it in a way as a vehicle where, where the disciples in the early church spoke even more about Jesus and more souls were saved to the point where the gospel went all throughout the known world at that time over there because of the during these difficult times. And so it's during times like this where we can rise to the the challenge and our faith gets tested so that we can make disciples of all nations in the midst of difficult leadership transitions like this. I want to remind us, uh, and, and so I just did this lesson for the Philippines. I had some feedback and they were encouraged by it, you know, by to go, wow. And they're doing a great job in the Philippines. And, and the whole church got a chance to hear that lesson uh, as well as for the early Christians, remember we talked about pandemics, that the early Christians went through three pandemics, right? In the first six centuries. In the second century, the Antonine Plague. In the third century, the Cyprian Plague. In the sixth century, Justinian Plague. A lot of these plagues lasted beyond 10 to 15, 10 to 20 years, right? We're in our eighth month. I just want to remind us, it gives us perspective often when... We see what the early Christians went through and they went through leadership changes. They went through pandemic issues where, where the whole world was being devastated at that time. And they were the salt of the earth. They were the light in the world at that time. And I believe we can be that as well. And I believe we are doing that here. And, and we can continue to keep doing it as long as our eyes are focused on Jesus and we're trusting in God. Amen. One of the lessons I learned that I'm going to close with this thought right here is about John the Baptist, okay? And John the Baptist was a guy uh, who learned to, he, he trusted in God when it didn't make sense. He trusted in God when things perhaps didn't turn out the way he may thought it was going to turn out. And in Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 through 6, it says, After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And here's the setting with John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist was the guy who paved the way for Jesus. He was Jesus' cousin. He, he grew up with Jesus. And, and here's, here is a guy who, who knew about Jesus, who knew that Jesus was the Messiah. And we, we catch him at a downtime in his life. We catch him in prison right here. That he was in prison. And, you know, one of the reasons why he, he was in prison is he was speaking up to and, and sharing his convictions toward a king that, that, uh, you know, was having immoral relations and he was speaking his convictions about it. And 
What is interesting about this, though, is for, G, for John the Baptist, knowing all about Jesus, look what he says. He asked the question from prison to disciples, you know, is he the one? Did you catch that? I mean, how, how could that be that John the Baptist was doubting if Jesus was the one, if he was the Messiah? Is like, Are you the one or are we waiting for somebody else? You kind of go, what do you mean? How does that happen? Well, perhaps because isolation, perhaps because of discouragement, perhaps because, you know, he was in prison and he was away from the body that he started to doubt, which makes complete sense. But if John the Baptist could doubt if Jesus was the one, imagine what that means for you and I. I mean, we need to really get in our Bibles and and stay connected to the fellowship because we can doubt. I mean, if he doubted if Jesus was the one, man, that, that is so intense. And then, you know, he asked the question. It's not like Jesus said, yes, tell him yes. Right. And, and that's what's difficult in in times that are turbulent is often we want to ask the question why when something bad happens or when something happens that we don't understand and we can't make sense of. We want to ask God, God, why is this happening? Like when my grandmother died, why God? Why is this happening to me? Or when when the pandemic hit, why did this happen? Or you may have lost somebody or you've had somebody who who is dear to you in the hospital. And you're like, why? And 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 the often we get silence, right? Often we just get silence from God and, and, and we don't always get the answer right away. But God does answer. It's just not, it's in his timing. And I believe John was in one of those moments, you know, where he's, are you the one? And it's not like Jesus says, yes, I am, right? He basically says, well, just tell him what, what you're seeing. Look at all the miracles going on here. I, I think John would probably be able to go, yeah, okay, I can gather that that's a yes, but he didn't just flat out say it, right? He just told him, tell him what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy here cleanse, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. Good news is being proclaimed. But then it says in verse six, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. You ever seen that? Blessed, it's easy to read this passage and go completely over that, you know, and not know, well, what does this mean? And I want to talk about that for a minute because I'll tell you my thought on this. Jesus is saying, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. I can imagine if I was in John's position, I could imagine John thinking about Jesus and going, you know, I remember in Luke chapter four, you know, where Jesus said that the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and to release captives from prison. I can imagine John going, Jesus, remember, remember when you hit this, you came onto the scene and you were like, yeah, let's preach good news to the poor. But another thing you came for is to release captives from prison. And I'm in prison, Lord. Maybe, maybe you should take me out. But that didn't happen, did it? Jesus didn't come to see him. Jesus didn't take him out. And, and he, and he, and oftentimes God just leaves us in the position that we're in and we have to learn how to make sense out of it. And I think we're like that in our country right now is we don't know what's going to happen and we have to learn how to make sense about it. But we can always be reassured that God is in control. And what ends up happening is, you know, John the Baptist is a guy who he ended up getting beheaded for his faith, right? He, he died because a lady didn't feel good about him because he was challenging them on being righteous in a relationship. And he 
died. And oftentimes we have expectations of God. You know, we have expectations of Jesus. And, and sometimes when those expectations, like, like, let me give you an example. Because I'm a Christian, my family members are gonna have a great, are gonna become Christians. And we all know that's not necessarily true. People have to decide for themselves. And, and so when you're following Jesus and that doesn't happen in your life, think about that. Blessed is he who does not stumble on account of me. Blessed is he who doesn't stumble on account of me. That God, God knows that we have desires, wants, we have expectations, and but when they don't go fulfilled, I hope we don't stumble in it because we're holding and we're blaming God or we're blaming Jesus to why something didn't happen. I, I believe that's what this passage is teaching, is that oftentimes we have expectations, we have things that, we, that we're asking of God, and sometimes they are met, sometimes they're not met. Sometimes they go fulfilled, sometimes they're not fulfilled. And Jesus is saying, hey, hang in there during these times. Blessed are you if you don't fall away. One translation says fall away. This one says stumble on account of me. And often when we're in times like this where we're unsure, you can either blame God, you can blame man, or you can take the third option, which is like John the Baptist. You can be patient and trust in God even when we don't understand. And I believe that's what John the Baptist did. Uh, he ended up being beheaded, you know, and, and you don't ever get a chance to see. Uh, I mean, it's not like he even died for the cause, right? He died because these people who didn't feel good about him ended up cutting his head off. But look what Jesus did. He honored him. Jesus honored his example. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater and privileged than he. Look how Jesus honored John the Baptist. Even when I can imagine John wanting to get out of prison and being with Jesus and being with him in his ministry. But that's not what Jesus did. He didn't go and take him out. He didn't go and he let he let. John the Baptist stay where he was at and that ended up being God's will for his life. And so oftentimes when we don't understand what's going on, I pray we will look at John the Baptist and learn to trust in God when things don't make sense. And so here's what I want to talk about in our practical tonight. It's to live by faith, not by sight. Say that with me. I'm going to live by faith, not by sight. No matter what happens, remember, Jesus is our king, not the president. Jesus is our king. We respect the president and the office of the president, but Jesus is king and this is who we follow and this is who is sovereign over the... Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords and one day every knee is going to bow to him, whether we like it or not, right? So let's remember that Jesus is king, not the president. Second is represent our creator, not a candidate. Like, as a disciple of Jesus, represent our creator, represent who God is, represent his values, the, the, what the Bible teaches, represent Jesus like that. Uh, don't get so just caught up in, in, in who's the candidate. Get caught up and represent Bible values, Jesus values, the kingdom of God values, Sermon on the Mount values that make the biggest difference and the greatest difference in the world for not this life only, but for all of eternity, you and I get to be participate in a kingdom that not only makes impact here in, in this world, but in all of eternity. I mean, what a how significant our role is in the kingdom of God in our world. And the third thing to think about as we live by faith, not by sight, is leave to live to please God, 
not a party. Live to please God. Amen. Not a party. And I hope this can guide us a little bit as we go our way, as we hear what the elect, the, the results of whatever the election is going to be. I hope uh, our Bible study tonight can help us to go, no, I trust in God. No matter who wins, I trust in God. And that God is always good, no matter what happens. There's going to be, no matter who wins, there's going to be policies that affect this group of people. Other groups are going to be hurt, no matter which candidate wins. There's going to be policies and that's going to benefit this and not benefit this. And, and yet God sees all of it. And in his kingdom, we, uh, our lives can be taken care of tremendously because of God. Amen. So let's learn to live by faith, not by sight. Here's what we can talk about in our discussion questions. I'm giving you three today. Take a picture of that. Uh, I hope this will help us in our discussions. Well, what is one thing you learned about trusting in God tonight and why? What is one thing you learned about trusting in God tonight and why? Also, what is causing stress, anxiety, or worry in your life right now? Maybe it's pertaining to the elections. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's pertaining to your job or your career or what's going on with school. Get a chance to talk about some of these uh, things that cause stress, anxiety, or worry. But also remember that the Spirit is always leading us. What is the Spirit leading you to be or do? How is the Spirit guiding you? The Spirit is so far. Our professors teach us in school that the Spirit is so ahead of the church, so so far ahead of the church, pulling us into new realities, new ways of doing things, and, and just helping, just, just to, that helps us be at ease to go, it's all good. God is good all the time, and we can trust Him all the time. And so what did we learn tonight? Trust in God no matter what. That God is good no matter what. Why? The Hebrew writer talked about trusting in God. Wisdom talked about trusting in God. Isaiah, the prophets, Jeremiah, Jesus, Paul, John the Baptist. All of these guys trusted in God. John the Baptist believed in God, especially when he didn't understand his own circumstances. So what's the practical? Live by faith, not by sight. Let's remember, Jesus is king, not the president. Represent our creator, not a candidate, and live to please God, not a party. Amen? I want to do some closing announcements. Remember, you can connect with us on our social media platform. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. I hope last week, Wednesday, I want to give props to our fellowship for coming out for prayer and praise where we specifically prayed for the elections. And I I hope you feel more at peace. I personally want to thank the the Simmons, Parhams and Toltons and and the L.A. group there that that put this on and and just was able to really encourage our whole fellowship. That's the first time we had a regional uh, Zoom service you know, on Zoom. Uh, I also want to uh, thank everyone for coming out to the fall harvest that recently took place on Saturday. Uh, thank Christina Reese and the fun committee who was in charge of that to just kind of lift our spirits, uh, uh, have a fall harvest, have a costume uh, contest, pumpkin carving contest, card decoration. I-, I heard there was like a lost world scene out there. Uh, you know, amazing things. What's coming up on this Friday, on November 6th, there's 12 hours of prayer. We're going to have a 12-hour prayer train, chain, not train, chain, going on throughout the day. And uh, join us on that. You can look at our uh, uh, Facebook page as well as our private group uh, to, to get more information on that. There's a sign-up sheet for that. I think all the slots are filled, but join us in praying 
for our country, for, for our church, for all, all the different issues that are on the table right now. For the singles ministry, there is a, a, a event for you coming up on November 14th that is being hosted by uh, the SoCal Singles. It's called Created for Connection. November 14th, that's taking place for all the singles. We support our singles ministry. There's another squad event coming up. Let's give it up for our squad team. You know, they're doing an amazing job. We support them in it. We're involved in it. And so come on out. It's, in, it's entitled We Are One Unity Talk where there is going to be talks going on on how to build bridges. You can take a picture of this. You can look at our newsletter as well that Art Tolentino puts out on a weekly basis. So on November 20th, we have a great squad event. And last but not least, I want to encourage the church and just thank you for 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 members in our congregation, members in other parts. I, I, I know of other people in different congregations who gave to our World Missions Collection Uh and, 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 and different families have done that, you know, who aren't part of our church that did that. But the monies that we collected are going to these five areas right here in the Southwest, Lebanon, Tijuana, Caribbean, and the Philippines. And this is to this date what we have collected so far. In March, we collected $14,000 that, that have already been distributed. But in October, when we just took on October 18th, we took up our, our world missions collection and it just shows the grace of giving when 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 people's hearts are there and focus on Jesus we collected $81,000 you know for world missions collection amen for god amen to you i just want to thank everyone for being so generous so 95,000 so far has been collected and uh, our collection is still being collected till the end of November. So if you haven't been able to give yet and, and you're encouraged, you know, and you feel the spirit moving, get a chance to go for it. You know, we'll be collecting all the way to the end of November. So with that said, I hope you were encouraged tonight about midweek, about God, about trusting in God, especially when perhaps when things don't quite make sense. No matter what happens in the election, trust God no matter what. Because God is good no matter what. Thank you so much for your time, your attention. Have some great Zoom discussions tonight. Good night. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 